You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 337. Training camp number, practice number nine for the Philadelphia Eagles is in the books. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. Practice was at the link today. Mm. On, uh, we found out only yesterday that it was going to be at the link. But it was at the link. A uh, small number of fans were also there watching practice uh, only about an hour and a half or so, but before we get to all that and what happened there today, uh, I need to know where I can find the finest meat snacks in the land. It is a busy day for both of us, Jimmy. It was an eventful practice, a lot of stuff going on. Sorry for the episode being out a little bit later than usual, but still plenty of time for me here, Jimmy, to tell you about righteous felon craft jerky and a new flavor that they have. Jimmy, do you like puns? Sure. Love I'm sure you love them. <laughs> well, Not as much as like, like Bo does, but I, I enjoy mm, a pun. If you like a pun, try this one on for size. Teriyaki Balboa oh, beef okay. jerky yeah. is the new flavor from Right to Sewing Craft Jerky. It's a peppered teriyaki flavor. It is a really good one that you need to try, and you can do it. By going to rightsellin.com and using discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. Go do that today. Jimmy, I think there's an obvious starting point for today's practice notes. Hmm. And it's with someone who has a track record of maybe oh. <laughs> making news for not always the best reasons. Yeah. And that's Derek Barnett. Now... I did not see this skirmish as clear as some others did because this was on the opposite side of the field that I was sitting at mm-hmm. at this point. I think by this period, you had moved I had over left. to I'll, that side. I'd, I'd, yeah, I saw. I got a decent enough view of it, yeah. So this is the big storyline from today's practice. I think you and I both like led our headline from the training camp notes on August 8th with this. So why don't you give me a little bit more color on what happened with Derek Barnett? Well, I didn't see what happened leading up to it, but Jeff McClain tweeted that Landon Dickerson had sort of a blindside block uh, on Barnett, and Barnett didn't take too kindly to that. And it was way after the whistle that Barnett kind of just half shoved, half threw Landon Dickerson to the ground. Uh, And uh, Dickerson just kind of got up and was like, whatever, dude. (laughs) And Barnett was trying to fight him further uh, after he threw him to the ground. And there were people or players ran over and – we're pulling Barnett away and they actually throw a flag on him. So there, there are referees at all these practices and they throw a flag on Barnett for a personal foul. It's hard to get a personal foul in a practice, mm. but Derek Barnett managed to do it uh, as only Derek Barnett can. And uh, you know, hashtag it's always him. It's always <laughs> so him. 
I he actually got my uh, LVP of the day during the last yes. uh, episode of BGN Radio. That was episode three thirty six. Probably going to get it again today because he's just done nothing productive uh, on the field, and he's still doing this nonsense. And you know what? Like maybe, like maybe it was kind of a cheap shot by Landon Dickerson. But you know what? You're going to get cheap shotted in games. Yeah, and you can't be the guy that reacts to it. Yep. And he does it all the time. He's just not a very smart player. And like the and you can be like you, I mean you can be you can get penalties like this on occasion if you're awesome, but he's not, and he's not only not awesome, but he just hasn't been a very productive player uh, over the last decent rookie season, and then thereafter just pfft, really hasn't been a good player. It's kind of been a uh, kind of been a bust, and uh, if I'm Howie Roseman, I am showcasing the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. in the preseason and hoping that some dumb team comes with a decent enough trade offer for that guy. You kind of said it, but like, even if Derek Burnett has a legitimate reason to be mad at Landon Dickerson there, like it's just not a good look for this kind of player who has this bad reputation <laughs> right. of making dumb mistakes. <laughs> and guess what guy, like you, you mentioned guys in the games that the, the actual games that the Eagles play will certainly be looking to get under Derek Barnett's skin and try to force him into yeah. a bit dumb penalty. Like this is a, it's a liability. The question I asked in my notes was how can you possibly trust this guy to be on the field and not do something dumb? That hurts it. How, <laughs> how can you do that? It, if he does it, if he goes out there and he does it, how could you possibly be surprised? Like you're a fool. If you think he's going to go out there and not do that. So, and yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't think he's been good. I've not noticed him in a good way in camp. The only time I've noticed him is when he's been getting shoved into the ground by Jordan Mailata. There's no way it doesn't work like this. It's not as simple as this, like the best 53 players. That's not who the Eagles just keep because you obviously have to account for numbers at positions and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but put very simply, and this is the same thing I believed about Jalen Rager last year, another first round disappointment. It's just not one of the best 53 players worth keeping on the team. I really think they need to do what they did with Jalen Rager. Now, what they did with Rager last year is they kept him on the initial 53 and then were able to trade him shortly after. Maybe they can do that again. I I think they need to trade Derek Barnett. I think they need to get rid of whatever salary he he carries and just get anything you can for him. And you know what? I don't know what the market is for Derek Barnett. Might not be very good, if one at all, but Jim Swartz loved him. And the the Browns... They didn't retain Davion Clowney. Uh, maybe they need some more pass rushing help. I don't know. But I, I, Derek Barnett can't be on my – the bottom line, Derek Barnett cannot be on this team. So uh, one of the first – I'm going to toot my own horn here real quick. One of the first two, three days of practice, Dave, uh, Dave Zangaro of NBC Philly, we were talking on the sideline, and we got into the discussion on who was going to be the first Eagles player to get into a fight. And at this point in training camp, Barnett hadn't yet practiced yet. So, like, we didn't know when he was going to actually start practicing as he recovered from, you know, the ACL. And, you know, the ACL tear from a year ago, maybe that has something to do with, you know, him not really doing anything in camp so far. Like, he's, okay. he's probably not 100%. So, you know, it's worth noting at least. But anyway, at this point in, <laughs> at this point in camp, he hadn't practiced yet. And I was like, Derek Barnett. <laughs> like, that was my pick. Even though we didn't, want, we didn't know when he was coming back, he was still my pick for the first guy that was going to get in a fight. I don't know if you can call this a fight so much because Landon Dickerson just had no interest in getting into a fight with Derek Barnett and good for him for that. Uh, but yeah, it was as close as we've gotten so far. 
just not great. The other big thing that stood out from practice was this tweet from Tim McManus. I had not I didn't see seen this either. This. Yeah. But Tim McManus with the Eagle Eye, if you will, tweeted out that there were lags in communication on defense, including an instance where general manager Howie Roseman felt compelled to alert Eagles defensive coordinator Sean Desai. The situation called for his second team unit to be on the field, where instead the first team was deployed. And you and I actually saw this happen because this was where you were like, oh, Moro Jomo is with the first team right now on the uh, field. Uh, and then, okay, right. I remember. Like, oh, like, no, guys he's not. He ran some off. guys were coming off and some guys were coming on. Yeah, yeah I remember yep. that. Yep. Okay. So I think that was that time. And then Tim McManus followed up, I'm sure, prompted by someone. Uh, for clarification, a call was made by an assistant for the second team defense to be on the field. Desai didn't hear it. So Roseman got Desai's attention to get it corrected. This is not about Roseman interfering, but an example of how communication on defense isn't all the way buttoned up. I think Deshaun Desai might have a chance to be good. I am uh open to that possibility i'm not certainly i'm not negative i'm not down on sean desai but i was looking at him at practice today and i'm like and I, just thinking about the whole gannon thing and i don't need to re- litigate that in terms of the timeline with that and vic fangio and everything but it, it just does, does make me wonder if they're like it's not hard to envision the scenario where sean desai like there's all these comparisons to what gannon did last year because of how talented the defense was mm-hmm. and how good they were and he's he's a, he's kind of in a position to fail here. I feel like in that regard because it feels like the de- defense is going to inevitably take some kind of step back. Yeah, and... I mean they're not going to have over seventy sacks again. Like that just right. happens so rarely. <clears throat> you know it's unrealistic to to you know meet that kind of uh, expectation. You know, and also just like Fangio's really good. He's one. Of the, he's like the best defensive coordinator in the NFL, and he has this long track record of being good. So he's kind of in the spot where it's like he's going to get compared to Gannon and the success from last year. And he's also going to be like, oh man, the Eagles, you know, it's too bad. They couldn't get Vic Fangio, especially if that Dolphins defense does look good. So kind of in a tough spot, but uh, I'm not really too, I'm not really worried about him, but I, I was looking at him today. I saw him in the sideline practice and did think about like the, the what if scenario. And, and that's something that's going to be thought about and discussed, especially if the Eagles defense doesn't play great this season. Um, that's all I had. I'd be more concerned if he wasn't already a defensive coordinator. Like he was a defensive coordinator for the Bears in twenty in twenty twenty one. It's a bad team, but he has a year of experience as a defensive coordinator. So it's not like it's. I mean, it's not like uh, these practices are getting ruined by him in some way. I think it was probably legitimately just you know they they just on the on whatever sheet they had it's like he thought it was second team or whatever, and the first team was out there or vice whatever it was. Probably just a nothing mistake that was made. And I mean, what did that like waste 15, 20 seconds of practice? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. It's not like he's, it's not like something like that's going to happen during, during a game, whether, because you're not like, you know, you're not playing a first team or second team defense. And, you know, maybe, maybe like there's some snafus to work out, like substitution wise and whatever. And that's what training camp is for. So, you know, whatever. Not a big deal. What's your next note? So there were two stellar deep throws hmm. by the top two quarterbacks today. First one was by Marcus Mariota, dime down the left sideline to Britton Covey, who Britton Covey's kind of quietly had a nice camp, by the way. He had a deep catch today. He's made a lot of catches over the middle of the field. He made a, you know a couple catches over the middle of the field today. 
Um, and then, well, he beat uh, Zach McPherson. And then later in practice, in a backed up scenario where they're, you know, the Eagles were kind of operating. First of all, I should note the Eagles mostly did like two minute offense today, like, you know, kind of hurry up offense. And then they also had some sessions where they are backed up against the shadow of their own end zone. So Hertz's deep throw was when they were backed up and he hit surprise AJ Brown <laughs> on a deep pass. Also down the left sideline, Brown beat uh, Keely Ringo uh, on that play. And they like Nick Sirianni likes calling those shot plays when they're backed up. Like he's done that quite a bit. And the one, you know, like really memorable example is when they had the 91 yard uh, reception to Quez Watkins and he didn't score on that play. And then they didn't score on that drive and probably cost them the game against the 49ers in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. What was that week two? I think week three yeah, it was early, early in the season. Um, but I like that idea. Like, I think that's a smart approach. Take a shot when you're backed up like that because opposing defenses are usually aggressive in in those scenarios and maybe can leave themselves vulnerable on the back end. Uh, so yeah, I, I like I like when 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 Nick is aggressive in those situations and and they hit a big play on that today. Uh, the Hertz throw was much needed, I think, for him because I don't I don't think he had a really day. good practice yeah. Yeah. outside of that. It's kind of been saying that for a bit now. I think this was especially not sharp. Uh, of a practice for him. I wrote down all the instances instances where I thought that was the case in my notes on bleedingrenation.com. So you can check that for all the specifics there. Um, and then some of them were just like, really like the, the throw we missed to either Goddard or stole whoever that was in the flat at one point. It's like right in front of him. Like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. how are you missing that throw? There was some really not great throws from Hertz today, but he did finish practice on a strong note with that throw. Again, also it's hard to fully, make too much of Hertz in practice, like his performance. I think the idea that a certain player is better in game setting than practice can get a little, I'm, I'm worried of that because that seems like an excuse sometimes for a player not practicing well at the same time. I think it's fair to say Hertz didn't look great in training camp last year. Certainly there were those, I think, you know, among yourself included who thought he looked better but I don't think you thought he had like a killer camp and even someone like Elliot Shore Parks, who's uh, has been traditionally like more of a pro Hertz kind of guy and a Hertz believer really early on. Even I don't think he thought Hertz had a great camp last year. So try not trying, try not to make too much of that. I will say it would be nice to see him look better in these practices upcoming against the Browns and the Colts. I think it'd be really nice to see Hertz looking good against those teams. First team units. So um, not really worried about him, but I would like to see more if that's fair to say. I thought he looked really, he started looking really, he started looking really good in camp last year during those joint practices, specifically against the Browns. Okay. Like, I thought he played really well when they went out to Cleveland or what was the, what was the name of the town? Berea, Berea, Ohio <laughs> last mm-hmm. year. Uh, next note, Devonte Smith missed practice due to personal reasons, AKA to attend the sentencing for his old friend at Alabama, Henry mm. Ruggs, who got three to 10 years, by the way, in prison for his uh, first deal, uh, driving mm. under the influence and driving like over a hundred miles an hour and killed someone. Um, the first team receivers with Devonte out were uh, AJ Brown, of course, Quez Watkins and uh, Alameda Zacchaeus. Second team was Covey, uh, Greg Ward and Joseph Ngata. I think Joseph Ngata being on that second team, and he's gotten second team reps already throughout camp. I think that just further solidifies his 
standing, in my opinion, as the most likely undrafted guy to make this team because they don't have good depth on the outside of wide receiver. If, you know, if, if AJ Brown or Devontae Smith go down and we already like, this is well-covered territory, but we saw it on the field today. If one of those guys are unavailable due to injury or whatever it may be, then Quez Watkins is now your starting outside receiver opposite uh, whoever remains. And then Zacchaeus, like I said, is going to be your slot receiver in that situation. So, you know, beyond, beyond, Quez, they don't have another outside receiver that is a lock to make this team. So I think that, you know, Ngata having, uh, he's had kind of a weird camp because he's made a ton of catches, but at the same time, he hasn't done anything like spectacular. He's just made catches in volume is what I'll say. And that's good. And he's earned sort of the right to, to be, you know, on the second team at this point. And he's got to show something in the preseason games to solidify a spot on the roster. But with the lack of depth that they have on the outside, I really do like his chances of, make, of making the team. It's also earned quarterbacks trust, clearly. They're throwing to him a lot because True. they feel like, okay, this guy can actually get open and be in the right place. Yep. I can throw the ball to him and something terrible isn't going to happen. I, I can't recall him really having any drops, right? I don't remember. Maybe, you know, like one, but not like any. It certainly hasn't been an issue. For Sure-handed, for, like no doubt. And also, like, not just making, you know, layup catches, too. But, I, again, I, I noticed it yesterday where he was being really tightly covered by Keely Ringo and just strong hands. Like, mm-hmm. in, in coverage, defender right on him, didn't matter. Strong hands. He had a nice out route today uh, to catch a pass from Marcus Mariota, I thought, at one point. Yeah, I think I agree with you. He hasn't been overly flashy. And I think we talked about this on yesterday's episode as well. I think the preseason games are going to be really big for mm-hmm. him in terms of, he could put some tape out there that the Eagles go, well, we can't risk losing him. Like other teams are going to see this. They're going to claim him. So we should keep him around. We like him. And if he stinks it up, well, then, you know, maybe keep him on the practice squad. But I do think he's the most likely UDFA, especially after they got rid of the offensive lineman, too. Because that's really the only other. Because that's like we talked about with Josh Sills last year. It's kind of like a hard position to fully gauge how the team likes those guys. Uh, but with them gone, you don't really have that factor anymore. My next notes are we saw some decent amount of five-man fronts today. Mm-hmm. That is from left to right, Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis in the middle, and they have Milton Williams, Josh Sweat. And then in those, when the Eagles were going nickel and only had one linebacker on the field, uh, Christian Ellis was the sole linebacker there. So make of that what you will. For the second day in a row, at linebacker, Miles Jack was rotating in with the first team. While Zach Cunningham was rotating in the second team, I thought that was a little interesting because I thought they might flip that after doing the same thing on Tuesday. I thought, you know, they might give Cunningham a chance for the first team and bump Jack down. They didn't do that. So that might tell you they like Miles Jack a little bit more. But I did think it was Zach Cunningham who flashed. He had a pass break up on a throw uh, for Grant Calcaterra. So that is the most noteworthy thing I've seen out of those two linebackers thus far. Yeah, the linebackers I thought had a good day, uh, and uh, that the play that you mentioned that was a really nice pass breakup because he was in sort of in trail coverage on Calcaterra, and he accelerated when the ball came out and he dove and not was able to knock the ball away. So nice play by him. And then I, like Ellis and Nick Morrow, I thought actually both had some nice plays today, filling holes quickly on run mm-hmm. plays and. Uh, I guess you could call them tackles for loss. I mean, they're just kind of like two-hand touch. <laughs> but, like, I thought they were, they were explosive, you know, hitting a hole and, and 
and you know bottling those up quickly. Uh, I saw more urgency out of those guys today than than I've seen uh, in other practices. Um, I didn't really notice Miles Jack all that much, but you know certainly him getting first team reps means something. So we'll see if you know that continues. I I wondered if like Zach Cunningham and him would kind of switch back and forth. Uh, you know, getting those, you know, some first team reps, but so far it's been Jack. Yeah, that's what I had said. So yeah. you agree with me on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, just agreeing with you on that. One player uh, that who's, you know, really had a good camp so far, uh, or I, I would say like his stock is very clearly up relative to pre-camp expectations is Kayvon Wallace. Uh, he had, a, he had a, a play that, you know, kind of has plagued him over the first three years of his career in that, he, I mean, he's a good tackler. So he's only over the last two years, he's missed two tackles and he's got like 40 something tackles over the last two years. So his tackle percentage is good. He doesn't miss that many, but there, you know, his coverage has not been great his first three years. And, you know, he can kind of, you know, not be in the right spot at times against the run. There was a play today. It was an RPO. It was, you know, an an inside in the the fake handoff. The handoff, you know, would have been an inside run. Um, Hertz kept it. Wallace basically crashed down hard on the running back that didn't have the ball. Hertz kept it. Ran to the outside. There was nobody there. So it was it was pretty clear to me that Wallace should have been the guy um, whose responsibility was on the outside there. And Hertz just had a lot of room to run. So. Yeah, I mean, there's some maybe instincts that uh, or, or awareness or whatever you want to call it um, that maybe remain a concern. I think Wallace has been better in coverage this camp than he has in any other camp so far. So certainly stock's still up on him, but we did see some of his, you know, certain liabilities kind of creep up a little bit today. That's not a one-off too. I remember earlier in camp, uh, Kayvon, similar kind of, situation where Hertz took off running into the end zone ultimately and I heard him yell the F word uh, after <laughs> I guess I'm not allowed to say that but whatever he, he expressed frustration it's fine clearly uh, <laughs> that he and it seemed like I don't think he'd be doing that just if Hertz got in and it wasn't his fault it seemed like you know he should have had some kind of level of responsibility there and he couldn't get there and you know obviously Hertz is a good runner yeah. so that's part of it you have to give him credit but at the same time it doesn't seem like Kayvon is certainly the strongest in that regard from a, a mental standpoint and being in the right place. And by contrast, that's why I always say about Reed Blankenship and why I'm so impressed with him is just like, I think he's like always pretty yes. much in the right position. So uh, that's the value of those two things. I want to bring up running back here because I don't, I wrote in my notes that I don't know what to make of the Eagles running back situation. I see people out here saying DeAndre Swift's the guy he's catching all these passes He's the best bet. He's going to be the guy. He's the, he's the top running back. I see people saying, no, actually, it's Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell is clearly the top running back. I think, personally, as a pure runner, I think Rashad Penny has looked like the best running back in training camp. When you're talking about the best runner of the running backs, he looks the best to me. Boston Scott's still here. Nick Sirianni can't stop talking about Trey Sermon. What the heck? Like, what, what do you make of the Eagles' backfield situation? I mean, maybe it'll just be, like, opponent-specific. So if you're playing a, a defense with you know, like the interior of the defensive line is just not very good or, or they're light, maybe that's a penny game. If they're if the opposing defense has linebackers that can't cover for shit, you know, maybe that's a DeAndre Swift game. Uh, if uh, I mean, so I mean, they, they can kind of formulate game plans around 
um, you know, who their opponents are, because these three running backs have, you know, pretty diverse skill sets. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they deploy them. And also it'll be interesting to see how they remain unpredictable as an offense, depending on who is actually in the game. So like if Rashad Penny's in the game, you know, like, can they still call pass? Can they still call screens? Like, does the defense still have to worry about that? You know, that kind of stuff. So, and that's kind of something that's kind of like ground that was covered pretty thoroughly back in the chip days because he would just cycle running backs in and out, no matter who, no matter like what the play call was, there's kind of like no rhyme or reason to like who was in the game, depending on the play call. Um, But like, this is maybe going to be a little bit of a different situation. I think that um, Doug, did a really good job with mixing when on the running back committee that they had, particularly in 2017, where again, those guys kind of had diversified skill sets and he used them in appropriate situations, but also was able to not be predictable uh, depending on who was in the game there. So that would be the challenge for uh, both Brian Johnson and for Nick Sirianni and the rest of the offensive coaching staff. But I'm with you. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the, what the what's going to happen with these running backs, and I don't think anyone else really does either. Uh, we're gonna have to kind of wait and see, and, and we might not even know until like the second month of the season until like we get a, a good feel for for how they do it. Like the Patriots for so many years, you'd like you'd start one of the running backs in fantasy football, and they'd get like two carries, and then like the next week they'd get twenty and they'd run for 120 yards. So uh, it could be that kind of season for the Eagles at running back. That's what I was kind of getting at there. I feel like anyone saying who they know what the Eagles running back situation looks like, unless they have like really good intel and sources and whatnot, like I just don't, I don't buy it. Cause I just don't think we've seen anything that shows anything conclusive one way or the other. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm, I just don't buy that. So that's bizarre to me. These like, I'm not trying to single anyone out, but just like, cause I, again, I've seen different claims from different people about different backs they really prefer. And it's that's the thing. It's not even being framed as like I think this guy will be at the top. It's like no, this guy is ahead. It's like well, how? How is anyone ahead right now? Clearly, like way. I think ahead they've of all the looked others. good. Like I, I think all three of them have have looked like they can contribute in the and Boston Scott. I think has actually looked pretty good in camp so far too. And I don't I think, think he's going to be active on Boston. game day. What's that? Hmm. I don't know. The coaching staff likes him a lot. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. But like, I think they've all looked. I think they've all looked. Chase Sermon isn't going to be on the team, by the way. Like, I think that's. Mm. I don't think that's a report. I don't think that's a reporter thing. But I think they're like a lot of the fans like really like that guy and are you know would be. Well, Sirianni keeps talking about him. Well, I mean, he keeps getting asked about him though too. I think there was a time back in the in camp. Don't tell me you're a sermon guy, are you? Well, no, there was a time in, um, well, I mean, I'm a minister, but I'm not a sermon guy. Uh, there you go. A little, a little joke, speaking of puns. Uh, there was a time, I think, at the Combine where Sirianni brought up sermon unprompted. But yeah, Well, was K, it a running been... back question? And then he felt like, oh, I should talk about sermon too because he's on the team? That's fair. I'm not sure, but it does. But it is a little weird. Because he does, does that with like... every, like, it, when he got asked about, you know, this, this, you know, the linebackers after they signed the two guys, he named sure. every <laughs> linebacker on the roster. Like, even like the Be- Ben Van Sumeren <laughs> is, a, is, is developing well, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I I don't think I don't have Trey on my fifty three right now, but okay. I do think he's on the bubble. I think it's there's a chance that they actually might be genuinely. I, I don't think they keep five running backs. They can't keep I think five, that's a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Do you have anything else? Yeah. Yeah, one more. So I really like Tyler Steen. <laughs> like I think he's a good player, and he's looked he's looked really good at left tackle. 
maybe he's just a left tackle. Like, is there a chance he's the answer at tackle for Lane Johnson? Maybe maybe not necessarily a right tackle, but maybe mm. he's your left tackle, and then Jordan Mailata moves over to right tackle whenever Lane retires. Okay. Is that a possibility? I mean, we're getting I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but I think he's looked really good. And like a common matchup that we've seen since he started getting reps at left tackle is him against Nolan Smith. He's kind of owned Nolan Smith. In, in in the majority of those matchups, whereas Nolan Smith, you know, has kind of eaten up some other guys like Tyler Steen has has. And by the way, I think already Tyler Steen is better than and this isn't like a super high bar, but, you know, he's a, play, he's a playable guy. Like, I think Tyler Steen is already better than Jack Driscoll, both at guard and tackle. I guard I'm less sold on, but definitely tackle. I think See, I don't think Driscoll's a, a good guard though either. I, I, like mm. I think Driscoll's a better tackle than he has a guard. I disagree with that. Okay, but we're we're gonna get to him in a little bit. Um, <laughs> why don't we take a break here? But not before we hear about Wrong Crowd Beer Company, which I just was able to enjoy some on Tuesday. It was delicious. Jimmy, why don't you tell me more about Wrong Crowd Beer? I'd crack one right now, but I have too much to do tonight. Uh, but yeah, wrongcrowdbeer.com is where you can order beer online from them uh, or go to your local place of business where you get your beer and get some there. And if they don't have it, grab the owner by the shirt and say, uh, yo, buddy. Well, don't do that. Where, <laughs> where's the wrong crowd beer, you jerk? Give me, get it in here so I can buy it here. Okay, don't do that. Just ask kindly and nicely uh, yeah. if if they can carry that so that you can get it there too. Um, Wrong Crowd Beer Company is a brewery. They're in Westchester, PA. Stop in, have a few beers there. Awesome place. Uh, I what's your favorite so far? The Ride in Birdie is pretty good. Okay, I think I like Burrow, the Burrow, which is uh, Pilsner. That's uh, been my favorite so far. But yeah, WrongCrowdBeer.com. Fantastic beer, good people. Order them up today. Please drink responsibly. And we'll be back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, brought to you by not only Righteous Selling Craft Jerky, where you can use discount code BGN20 to get 20% off your order at RighteousSelling.com. And not only Wrong Crowd Beer, but also Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. And if you're looking to buy, sell, 
or rent a house, you can call or text this phone number. 856-906-9295. And it is with great honor that I bring up today's Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com <laughs> Daily Eagles Training Camp Awards. It's time to hand out our MVPs. I'll start us off. I'm going to give it to Marcus Mariota, baby. Okay. I think he had a really good practice, his best practice camp. And we've crushed him so much. And you had that really good note yesterday about how adding in Josh Andrews in place of Brett Toth, who couldn't snap the ball, seems to be making a difference. And I'm buying more into that with Mariota looking good. So impressive throws. And look, we crushed him earlier on in camp. He is the favorite to be at the bottom of the LVP chart because of his struggles and because of that. And I want to give him a point in the positive column here. He he earned it. So I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota. I'm going to go Britton Covey, the guy who caught the Oh, wow. That's a surprise. He had a lot of catches that. today. He had, the, he had the big deep ball today. I think he's just been really – like I haven't seen him mess up. In any, I haven't seen him drop any passes. He's gotten open. I think when he's caught passes, there hasn't been a lot of guys around him, so he's gotten a lot of separation. I think he's kind of like a – like he's done far more in this camp than Alameda Zacchaeus has, and Zacchaeus is very clearly the, the number four receiver. I don't think Britton Covey is threatening him for that. But, you know, he's made he's made a decent number of plays, I think more so uh, than he did. So last year he was getting a lot of hype because he was new. He was an undrafted rookie. But I think he's done more in this camp so far than he did last year. I agree with that. Uh, for your LVP, are you going to go with Derek Burnett? <laughs> yeah, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> Second <laughs> day in a row. Two days in a row. Cause, I mean, just cut the shit, man. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. You know... Uh, we we already covered it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's get unser- it. It's I'm unserious behavior. Yeah. It, it's you're a deeply unserious player if you're continuing to have these issues. It's like a, it's a huge year for him too because he's in another contract year, yeah. right? He's coming off this major injury, like guy, you got to be smart. You're, I know it's not again. Like I know that you might be justified. You didn't like in the, the context you didn't like of the block by Landon. It's, okay, it's okay, but like. Don't it's throw just, him to the ground. Maybe go up and like say, yo, yo, dude. Yeah. I, I didn't like that. Don't do that again, you big jerk. But don't like <laughs> don't throw him to the ground and get a flag. Like, and he's gonna do it in a game. If he plays Absolutely if, he, if he plays a decent number of snaps, he's gonna have those kind of penalties in games. It's just he's shown that he's not gonna change that behavior. I agree. I'm gonna go with Jack Driscoll though. Okay. I had mentioned on yesterday's episode that I thought they should play Dennis Kelly ahead of him at right tackle. By the way, Dennis Kelly changing from number 72 to number 79 now that Jim Okorafor is gone. I just think Kelly's looked better, and I think Driscoll has looked like kind of bad sometimes, honestly. I agree. I noticed Driscoll get beat today when he filled in for Lane Johnson with the first team. Brandon Graham beat him for yep. a sack. And I noticed him again when Nolan Smith, who not like – no one's really athletic. Is he known for being like really good with bull rushes yet? I don't necessarily think so. He shoved Jack Driscoll back into Marcus Mariota to to affect Mariota on that play. I I'm not seeing it with Jack Driscoll. I'm really not. I think if you want like a surprise cut player, you can talk about like surprise make the team. I don't think they would cut Driscoll because they like to go heavy on the offensive line. He has some experience. I think they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. But like I don't I don't think he's look good. I really don't. So uh, I had tallied all the I, – I cut up video of all the Eagles sacks allowed last year. 
Jordan Mailata came in with the most sacks allowed. And this is all subjective. Like this is my opinion of who gave up the sack uh, throughout the year. Jordan Mailata had eight. Jack Driscoll was second, (laughs) despite a pretty low number of snaps with five. And then after him, Isaac had two and a half. Dickerson had two. Lane had one. Lane, by the way, did have one. There's this thing like out there that he hasn't given up a sack in however many years. He gave one up last year to, to the Texans. Wow. Uh, Lane's still the best offensive lineman in the NFL. Deserves you know to have against. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the older dude. <sighs> What's uh, his name? Wiley or no? Um, no. Uh, uh, sorry, um, Marcellus. Marcellus. No. I'll look, up. I'll look him up real quick. We can take a second uh, and look that up. Texans. On the team. This isn't really that important, but I, I do no, it is. I, I'm I'm showing well, my work. When, I remember when uh, the 2017 season, the only sack Lane had given up was like to that one random player, uh, Jerry Hughes. Usable. Uh, Jerry Hughes. Well, Jerry Hughes is like well, at least in his prime has been a very good player yeah oh no he's a, a good no player. he's a he's a good player yeah no doubt but he's old remember ledger doosable yep to, uh, lane johnson gave up a sack two in 2017 yep like the only player such like a random player to give up a sack to but whatever in any case this is a long tangent here what, what else were we gonna well, say what, what happened on that play was jerry hughes <laughs> we're getting into the weeds <laughs> of this play jerry hughes beat him bad like he just dusted him and he hit hurts but Hertz didn't go down. Like he broke the tackle. But at that point, the play was over. Hertz just kind of ran straight to try to get, you know, to try to make to minimize the loss as much as he could. And somebody else mm-hmm. cleaned up the sack. But gotcha. Z- Lane was very clearly at most fault for the sack on that play. So I gave him the sack. PFF. So- evidently was like the guy that didn't sack him or he, the guy that, that he was blocking didn't sack him. So he's not respo- responsible for the sack. That's nonsense. Like he's definitely responsible for the sack on that play. But again, nobody is a bigger fan of Lane Johnson's uh, skills and play than, than me. In my opinion, I have long been a, uh, well, a fan champion, the right word. A, cha- a, you're a big J a, a champion of, of yeah. uh, how a proponent, good, if you yes, will, like of how good he is. Like I think he's the best offensive lineman in the NFL. I think he's maybe the one of the most underrated players ever. <laughs> so like but, if 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 during telecasts, if the color commentator wants to say he hasn't given up a sack since 2022 or or 2020 or whatever it is, by all means, let him say that because he deserves the all the recognition that he gets even if it's not totally true. Or you could try to go into the broadcast booth, grab him by the <laughs> yeah, shirt. That's wrong, you... Kenny Albert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh but the point being that the the bigger conversation here was i don't think jack driscoll has looked good and i think the eagles i i think that's a new takeaway that we learned from training camp i think we went into camp thinking that uh i guess jack Driscoll would probably be the backup right tackle and we probably thought who we did i don't think we knew really who the backup left tackle i think it'd probably be jack driscoll as well i think we thought he could, he might be the swing tackle i don't think he should be either i think like you said i like steen i think it'll be steen i think steen is, is the backup left tackle left. right now and i think dennis kelly should make the team and be the right tackle agreed as the backup uh to lane johnson i think that's the best unless i mean they could do the thing like you said in theory where they wouldn't do it during a game but if they wanted to do it in a game where they feel like 
Steen is good at left tackle, and you can put him there, and then you can move Mylotta over to right tackle. Mm-hmm. If they might do that, if Lane missed, like let's say, knock on wood, like the whole season, right. they might want to do that if that's a long term thing. But if it's for a game, I think I would just ride with Dennis Kelly. If you're like if Lane has to miss one game or two games, I would I'd ride with Dennis Kelly in that situation. I agree. Okay, play of the day. I have two options here, and I don't <laughs> think it should be a double up day. Okay, which one are? And I think it's I think it's very clear. It should either be the Mariota deep throw yeah. to Covey or the Hertz deep throw to AJ. Which one are you going? to Well, take? you took Mariota as your player of the day, so I'll take his deep throw to Covey. Although I had Covey, okay. so I don't know. I don't know how much that sense that makes, but whatever. I'll take uh, Mariota Covey. I'll do Hertz to to AJ. Uh, I think both of those plays were play of the day worthy and both deserve to be highlighted. So I think that's about right for that. Any final thoughts about you, Jimmy? Mm, I always forget to have a final thought ready. Uh, well, how about this? It's day 10 of training camp tomorrow, meaning Thursday from when we're recording this. Isn't that your stock up? Yeah, stock I, was down actually, you know, I was actually just thinking about that. So like, well, I'm maybe, a good, maybe, I'm a maybe good I'll ask, uh, podcast partner, maybe, Jimmy. Maybe I'll ask you right now. Maybe that'll be my final thought. What? Who is oh, your? Yeah? Who's your on the stock record? up? Oh no! So I can't be anonymous and hide behind. Uh... <laughs> who's your stock up? I don't and stock know. Down? I think I need to think about stock up a little bit more. I don't think I have that off the top of my head. I want to be more judicious about that. I've had stock down in mind for a while here. Okay. I have to say, Nicobe Dean. I just like I think relative to expectation, this was supposed to be like I said this before training camp going into training camp player i was most intrigued to see this summer was nicobe dean has he delivered no he is not i don't think he looked he did not stand out again we've talked about he didn't look bad before he got hurt but he did not stand out and he missed he's as of today wednesday august 9th when we're recording this he's missed five out of nine days in terms of team drills now he did return to practice on wednesday in a limited capacity doing individual work so that's a good sign and maybe he'll be back out there for team drills on Thursday, and that would be good to see. And maybe he'll even light it up. But in this moment in time, I think, again, relative to what people expected, and I think people expected big things from him. I don't think they just expected him to come in and look like fine or okay or not flashy. And the team has really talked him up too. And yes, and they have. And also they signed miles jack they signed zach cunningham in theory there's more competitors coming for his job i still you know i think nicobe's going to be a week one starter mm-hmm. but like the leash he has on or the the control he has on that job has not been strengthened and if anything it's only been worsened so he's my stock down player for your media poll uh i think that's I still have to think about i think i have to i have to think about stock up a little bit more like i you know I, there's other options for stock down i think a lot of people are going to say mariota you could go with someone like Josiah Scott, who like right. Well, who cares? Yeah, but like that's what I mean. Like, why would <laughs> yeah. you like put your vote on that as much? I think here, here's my stock up. Or no, nah, I don't. Well, this isn't my official answer. This sorry, this is my prediction for the most popular answer. I think a lot of people are going to say Cam Jurgens. I think he's going to win okay. the poll. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'll give you my real answer tomorrow in person on Thursday. Okay, and then we can talk about it on the pod tomorrow. There's the tease for you. <laughs> people will be just dying with anticipation for that answer. Yeah, I like that because uh, I won't have published it yet either. So the listeners will, the ones that listen to the pod, like the day it's that exclusive. they get released, yeah. they'll have, they'll know the answers to the test before I publish my article on it. People love an audio exclusive, Jimmy. They want it <laughs> so bad. All right. What's your That's final, your final thought? thought? My final thought is we need to wrap this up because we're late. So I'm just going to keep it short and sweet and say rate, review, subscribe. 
download. We appreciate all the support. And really, honestly, I stress it a lot, but the podcast is free. There's a lot of other podcasts and websites and whatever subscriptions, not just media outlets like what we do, but everything. You have to pay for everything. This is like a rare free thing. So if you appreciate it and you can afford it, and if you can't, no worries. We appreciate you. But, you know, it's also free to uh, you know rate, review, subscribe, follow us, all those good things. That doesn't cost you any money. What does cost you money but also help support us here at the podcast is going to com and using discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order or using that same discount code at wildrangerpet.com if you want some dog treats. You can also check out Wrong Crowd Beer, which we'd appreciate. And you can also check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. And if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you're going to want to contact this phone number. 856-906-9295. Jimmy and I will be back with you for the third of three straight Eagles training camp practices this week on Thursday. Then the team will have a walkthrough close to media on Friday before the team's first preseason game against the undefeated in their last 23 preseason outings, 23 and 0 Baltimore Ravens, RJ Ochoa. So stupid uh, (laughs) that they care that much about winning preseason games. We talked about it on the mixtape, so you can check out that for more discussion on that but uh i do want to like kind of place a bet on the eagles <laughs> breaking the street wait no sorry on the ravens, oh, on the ravens. okay in the event that uh they continue their streak going and i made some money on something that clearly is just so predictable that's a team you don't or... want to have to play week one because they normally are ready for the start of the regular season more so than other teams that kind of take it a little bit easier but i feel mm-hmm. like also they fade at the end of the year Yes, and certainly in the playoffs in recent years, like oh, during wow. that streak, don't get me started on Lamar in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I do think it'll even though it doesn't matter at all. I do think it is kind of fun slash funny if you're the team that breaks the streak, right? Yeah. It's like as far as preseason matters, which is not at all. <laughs> Dump Gatorade on the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. I mean, it would it would feel good, like more than not at all. I mean, it's is it deeply meaningful? No, it doesn't matter at all. But it. It's like, okay, we're the team that did that. I okay, mean, they're probably cool. going to be running Lamar out there, and the Eagles are going to be running out Tanner McKay. <laughs> like, like, like it's, it's not That's a fair even fight. Better. That's even better if you beat them yeah. in a scenario where Tanner they tried McKee and you still Buck. beat them. <laughs> Tanner McKay lights it up. All right. We will talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.